Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing Revelations. I'm your host, Megan Hyde, here with my co-host, Kristen Hughes. Hey guys. And today we're going to be talking about market share. But first, we just want to take a minute and remind you that if you haven't subscribed, liked, or commented, or even left a review on any of our channels, go ahead and do that. That way you know when new content rolls out, and then also so we know how you're feeling about everything. Yeah, exactly. That'd be great. <laughs> um, so today, market share. Market right. share is a big word, and it can be really overwhelming. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like this topic was a little intimidating for me at first, and then talking it through, I was like... You know, that makes a little bit more sense. And actually, I'm very excited to help educate our listeners a little bit more on this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I always think of Shark Tank. Yeah. They're like right. sitting there like, how much of the market do you have? Yeah. And those kind of things. So I think boiling it down to how we actually talk about it yeah. every day is going to be great for everyone who's watching and listening it's, right it's now. It's made to be like a buzzword, I think, like yeah. for everything. But there is a purpose behind it. And we're going to explain that today. Definitely. <laughs> so let's talk about it a little bit. The first thing I'm thinking of, or first thing that came to mind for me was like a gym. That's pretty relevant to, to most people. We have a lot of clients that are gyms. But when we start talking about market share, we're really talking about like who you're competing against. And so just to paint a picture here, if you're a CrossFit gym, you're not going to be necessarily competing in the same market as a YMCA or or another casual gym. That right? makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I would include location with that. So let's say your gym is in San Diego. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be competing with the same people that are down in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, right. Down. Yeah. Got it. San Francisco. <laughs> I think up, so. Right? Is it up? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally not that moment. That's all right. We're going to keep going. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. You're not going to be competing with the same people in, in of, of course, another area that far away from you. It's going to be more local to your business. So um, thinking of that, not not only or another good good example was um, maybe a restaurant. So you have, mm -hmm. you know, your Mexican restaurant is not going to be competing with all other restaurants. It's just going to be that other Mexican restaurants in your area, right? Because right? that's what people feel. They want to go have that kind of food tonight. So they're going to go there. It's They're not considering other kind of options at the moment. Right. But yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a global or a national scale yeah. for most, like the businesses we work with at least, like you're competing at a very local level. So you have to think about it differently than you would if you were a large brand. Right. So that's really what we wanted to start with and make sure we're all on the same page. Exactly. Now, Let's talk about the formula, the basic formula for market share to also break it down even further. Um, so how you figure that out <laughs> is going to be your revenue divided by the market's available revenue. So if somebody spends 20 or if your revenue yeah. is $25 and there's 100 total dollars available, you have a quarter of the market share. So that's why we say we're bringing it in really tight to your very local level and your direct competitors. So like, if again, I'll use my CrossFit example. Yeah. If there's four CrossFit gyms and there's $100 is not right, but just for the sake of this conversation. Uh, yes, yeah. If there's $100 available and you're getting 25 of those dollars. So you're saying that all CrossFit gyms have made $100. We'll just say total, that. I get yes. it. Yes. And you're getting 25 your of those makes dollars. business You've got a quarter of that market share. Okay. And yep. so that's what you're working with and you can nope. you can get more of that by doing other things but there's no more than that available in the market right so it's like a finite amount of revenue right yes. exactly yeah i think the first question though uh, is our you're probably asking yourself, well, I want more of that market share. I don't want to make the $25. I want to make the 50 and I want to figure out how to own half of that market. But really, is that the best option for you? Mm -hmm. um, getting bigger can thin out your resources and really make you susceptible to change. 
Definitely. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the key here is is that really the best option for you? Probably not. So there might be some other ways. So yes. Yeah. I'm gonna back up even just a sure. little bit because it goes back to planning. So you're talking what you're mentioning right now being susceptible yeah. to change and like how like thinning out your resources. Like, are you ready to scale? Like you need to ask yourself that question when you're trying to capture more of the market because if you're not ready, you're not going to serve that audience point. well and they're not going to stay with you. And then you've burned that audience right. if that makes sense. Right. Your quality of product or yes. service could decrease dramatically yes. if you're going if you're not ready for that change. Yep. Um, that, that could be, do you have enough people actually staffed for that, ready to go or, um, just, yeah, I, I just, the quality of product, if you're making something to like building things faster and everything as well. So yeah, yeah, even think, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No. (laughs) It's like, even like a, a single business owner, like if you're someone who's running your own business and you're doing really, really well and you've got a system, but maybe your system's not automated yet. And if you get 15 more clients, like that breaks you, you're no longer serving anyone well and frustrating everyone who's working with you. Right. That's not good for anybody involved. So yes. And then what can you do to help increase then your market share? So what you can do is again, plan for it and be gradual. So make sure you're implementing your resources wisely and becoming more efficient with what you have. And then planning for the future. So building out strategies that are going to make everything simpler. Mm-hmm. And then that way you're not expanding faster than you can grow. Right. Which is makes sense. something. The other thing that we talked about a little bit is a lot of people think about just like advertising in new locations. Like that's some, that's a question we mm-hmm. get a lot is like, oh, I want more clients. Let me just expand my right. radius. Right. But really what you're doing with that is you haven't even captured your local market. So why would someone outside of that decide to work with you in a lot of our local circumstances? Exactly. So that's something you shouldn't do. Another thing about market share that can be scary or challenging, and Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, kind of intimidating to me is the fact that you don't exactly know what that might be for the entire market, your your market that you're dealing with. Um, So there are a lot of factors that go into play of that. It could be um, not only your competition that's in the area, it can be the fact that you had a major weather change or something's going on in the government or something, you know, political going on, or there are so many things that can throw a wrench into this. And then you, it makes it hard for you to predict it in the future. The economy. I mean, yeah, yeah, one. yeah. And that's, <laughs> and yeah, no, you're exactly right. And, um, I think that's, that's the hard part for, um, I think small business owners to understand and yeah. really grasp, but I hope, you know, this would, provide some value with that. So yeah, and that can be really tricky because a lot of these like larger companies and corporations, there's a lot of market research that happens where they collect data, they know about how many people are in this market, how much like they're spending, how much available disposable mm-hmm. income there is, things like that to kind of better estimate for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um how much there is and how much you can possibly take. Exactly. So this is a conversation that happens very in depth at a larger scale. But for a small business owner, it's like you can do some of that research on your own to at least get a feel for how you're doing. And that sounds really like very marketing. I know it does. Like it is about how you <laughs> feel sense. and like how aware you are of what else is happening in your local area. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing to think about. And also like do searches like a consumer. I think that's the biggest thing is yeah. like you're not the consumer. So things might not show up 
like we'd want them to. Right. However, you can see who is showing up and what are they doing and like how popular are they among your family and friends, like those kind of things. Right. So that's a good way to get a temperature on how you're doing and how other people are doing and how to kind of snowball effect exactly what you're feeling. So good. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So don't let it scare you. You should definitely just break it down, think about it in a very simple scale and get some groundwork. We're going to have a right. ton of resources on this too. We have a couple blogs, things like that. So if you'd mm-hmm. like to dive in more in depth, we do have more in depth resources for you to look through. Moving on to our next segment, let's talk about a piece of marketing that we saw or heard about this week. In this case, we heard about it from mm-hmm. our producer, Dan. He brought up that his dad is a season ticket holder. Right. Yeah. And the email, I think the email confirmation was written as a press release and it yes, was signed by yeah. the general manager. And this is actually something I've heard of from like other friends who have gotten season tickets for like baseball and things like that. But what's cool is it creates an experience for that customer client that makes them feel like they're part of the team and getting some kind of special treatment, getting that press release before everyone else, Yeah, which is really cool. So yeah, well, it's an opportunity to make um, your you know, your customers feel valued and, and like you said, a part of it. So, and, and let's keep in mind too, that I'm sure this is, you know, yeah, they're a big corporation maybe, or they have, you know, you might think they have a lot of people sitting around and and writing these emails. It's probably not the case. They probably created a workflow that's available for them to make it very easy for this to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they took the time, what you used a word, you said, um, thoughtful automation, thoughtful automation. I love that. So yeah, yeah, that was really good. So taking that extra step and maybe that was a little bit of a process to Mm -hmm. get that started, but overall it makes for a better experience of they can get these emails out efficiently, but still have have that touch on them, you know? Definitely. So, and then you said experience marketing. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. I, I love it. experience marketing just because it really does. You're, you're creating, the point is you're creating an experience right. or micro moments as Google would say, um, that makes someone feel like they're really part of your brand and part of what's happening and it gets better buy-in essentially. Absolutely. Because you're making them feel like part of, part of whatever you're right. producing. So I, I think that's really great. I, appreciate it when oh, I get yeah. emails I've, like that. Well, even, I mean, an email's great. And I know that even, let's say you're on a smaller scale where you're not making, you know, you don't have a big audience to yeah. reach your customers. A simple thank you note. I know people just don't think about that anymore and how, how much that means to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, when I order something offline and um, I've ordered things from Etsy, which are typically very small businesses that mm-hmm. are selling and they write something in it. It makes me want to experience that again because it makes you feel like they're appreciative of my purchase. And it just, yeah, it just makes for a better all experience. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why it's a thing. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Great yeah. example. No, I think, yeah. And like you said, I think it's really attainable for small businesses and it's actually what will make you a little bit mm-hmm. different and especially different from the person down the street who may not even hear this podcast to know that they should be doing it. Great point. You said that. Yeah. Um, but seriously, I think, think about it. Think about how you can work it into your day and right. then the thoughtful automations, like, there are so many tools and resources. If you don't have an automated system, like right. you don't need one necessarily, just have templates. Write yourself a template, make it simple, you will be fine. Exactly. Good example. Yeah. So that's it for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe on any podcast channel or YouTube. And then also make sure you like, comment, any of that on social channels. And then if you have any topic suggestions or questions, please shoot us an email at info at revlocal.com. And thank you so much for the comment, Jennifer. We really appreciate it. The table is a little high. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye.